0: Is omniscient. He has all wisdom. He knows the beginning uh, as well as he does know the end. Now, here is the counsel, and I hope to prove it in just a few minutes. If you'll stay with me, here is the counsel that God has brought out of eternity past, that every believer may have complete refuge in Jesus Christ. You go all the way back to the Genesis, which I'm gonna go in just a few moments and show you that that believer has complete refuge in Jesus Christ. It's not in the sanctuary, as we read about in the uh, book of Hebrews. It is not in the sacrifices. It is not in the sincerity, as Brother Brown was preaching, it is in the Savior. That is where my and your refuge, our security rests. Amen. Now, notice this term confirmed that we read about in the 17th verse where he says the promise, uh, of promise, the immutability of his counsel confirmed it by an oath. Now, this term confirmed means to interpose as an arbiter or to do the work of a mediator. Now, we're talking about God bringing his counsel out of the past and letting you and I in on what he's been doing all along. When one here works as a mediator or an arbiter, he's working between two coveting partners, all right? Now, don't forget that. Two people are making a covenant, and so here is the uh, arbiter, here is the mediator, God himself working in those positions but number three, he's working as the guarantor. Thank God he is the guarantee of everything he has ever said he is going to do. Now here is what's taking place. God places himself between the heirs of promise and himself. All right, now if a covenant it's going to endure the ages. Man is going to have to be left out of it. It's going to have to be made by God himself. When Abraham offered his son on Mount Moriah, God said, by myself, I have sworn. I don't need you, Abraham. I don't need you, James Jones. Amen, I have sworn by myself. Now, notice here what our text reads in verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. Now, I think this has to do with the Palestinian covenant that God has given the land to Israel, and that's why nobody—I'm—I'm I'm, going to pull off here a minute—but that's why nobody is going to take the land of Israel, because God has sworn by Himself He was going to give it to Israel for an everlasting possession. Now they may have been driven out of the land, but it's still their land. God has given it unto them. In the Bible, they practiced what was called a blood covenant. And what they would do is take an animal and divide that animal and they would join hands and walk between those two carcasses and that was a covenant, blood covenant, that only death, could break. Now hang on a minute. Amen. Amen. If God, who, if God had made that covenant with Abraham, Abraham died. And if God had made that covenant with me, someday I'm going to die. But God made it with himself. And so God is not going to die. So he said Abraham, here's what I want you to do. I want you to take a helper. I want you to take a she-goat and a ram and a pigeon and a turtle dove. I want you to divide. That's five, by the way. (laughs) Amen. There is the heifer. There is the she-goat. There is the ram. There is a turtle dove. And there is the pigeon. And that's five. Every covenant is founded on grace. Amen. We don't deserve anything... That's good of God. Boy, I was thinking a moment ago, Lord, all of this and heaven too. You let us sit in and enjoy the shouting and the testimonies and rejoicing of the saints of God, the beautiful music we have heard tonight and the great preaching that we've heard tonight. And Lord, we don't deserve any of this. Amen. We deserve somewhere to be in the... In a back place, nobody knows us, ever heard of us starving to death with no clothes to wear. I'm telling you, we don't deserve anything. But God, because of his goodness and grace unto us, has brought out of the past something that living and life is all about. So Abraham takes these three animals and he divides them, and that is six Then we have the turtle dove, he divides not, and the pigeon, he divides not, we have eight. And so that's the number of new beginning. And so God said, I'm gonna do something now. Amen, I'm gonna start something new. Amen, I'm gonna do something new. And the Bible says a deep sleep fell on Abraham. Amen, and it began to be dark. And when abraham awake... Uh, He saw a a smoking furnace, and what was it? And a lamp going between those carcasses of those dead animals. Now, you know what that was? God joined hands with himself, and he walked between them. When he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. And that's why that covenant is going to last forever, May I say in eternity past, God made a covenant with his son. Amen. And here was the covenant. Son, every person who comes by the way of the cross, I am gonna save. And God has given to Christ everyone who would come the way of the cross and he has saved their never dying soul. Bless his wonderful name. May I say God did not have to do that. He cannot lie. He is a God of truth. He condescended. He extended himself to doubly assure man that we can say it like this, have got it made. Years ago, I was preaching in Valley Something Baptist Church in North Carolina, and I just opened the door. And looked out on the sidewalk and here came Brother Earl Hughes walking up that sidewalk. And I said, Brother Hughes, man, it's good to see you. And I said, "Uh, how you doing, Brother Earl? He said, I'm eating off the top of the bucket. I don't know (laughs) what that meant altogether. Outside things are going well with me. Amen and amen. Now, Look at some of these rich phrases I was talking about. All right. First of all, he mentions the heirs of promise. All right. In verse 17, that has to do with our standing. I don't think you can stand any better than being the heir of promise. All right. In verse 18, he uses the phrase "a strong consolation that has to do with our satisfaction. In verse 18, he writes, who have fled for refuge, that has to do with our safety. He says, the hope that's set before us That's our sustainment. What keeps us going? Amen. In this wicked world, this crooked and perverse generation, what gives us a spring in our step and a smile on our face and a song in our heart? What puts that there? We've got a hope. Amen. That's going to endure and it sustains us day by day as we go. Then in verse 19, He writes an anchor of the soul. That is our stability. And verse 20, the forerunner is for us entered. That is our security. Now, may I say this? Jesus Christ could have entered any time he wanted to. When Peter pulled out that sword and took a whack at that servant's ear, And Jesus said, put away your sword, Peter. Don't you know I could have called 12 legions of angels? One of them went out and slew 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. So the Lord was saying, I don't need your measly sword. Amen. I can take well care of myself. Christ could have entered in at any time. But if he had entered in, amen, to that holy place in Hebrews chapter 9, he would have went in without blood. And he would have had to enter alone. But the writer said he has for us entered. Amen. Now, uh, listen, we would have had to stay behind. We couldn't go. But he's made through us. Look at Chapter 10, just a minute, or for us. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh. Now, if Jesus had not gone to Calvary, that would have had to have been left out of our Bible. Jesus could have entered in as the Lord, for that he was. He could have entered in as the king for that he was. What did Isaiah say? I saw the Lord, amen, high and lifted up. Mine eyes, he said, have seen the king. Who did he see? He saw the Lord's Christ, amen, seated at the right hand of the Father. He could entered in as the Lord, he could entered in as the king, he could entered in as the son, he could entered in as the word, but he could not have entered in as redeemer. Thank God he went to Calvary and laid down his life that you and I might be saved. Amen. We didn't deserve it, but he loved us and shed his blood. Listen, the he writes in verse 20, Jesus made an high priest forever. That's our surety. Amen. I can pray. I can touch God. I can enter into the presence of God. I'm not boasting in that. I'm boasting in him who made the way for me to go and who made the way for you to go. We go because we have a great high priest who is over the house of God who's entered in to that holy place in my and your behalf. Now, as an introduction, two points real quick. Number one, that the heirs might know the dependability of God. God wants us to know we can depend on him. Amen. So he's talking about that here. Now, the promise he mentions, Remember? We read that, the promise here in verse 15. And then in verse 16, he uses the term oath, all right? Now, the promise was made not only to Abraham, physical, natural seed, which we have alluded to already, but it was made to his spiritual seed. Now, we read in Romans that Abraham is the father of all them that believe. Though they be not circumcised, but righteousness might be imputed unto them. What a word that is. Amen. We have righteousness put to our account because of faith that we have in Jesus Christ. Now, I'm hearing Galatians 3, 7. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith the same are the children of Abraham. That promise was made to Abraham and his seed. Well, I get it on the spiritual end. Uh, Brother Holcomb, my Bible teacher, taught me this. He said one night, God said, Abraham, I want you to take a stroll with me and said, we went, he, they went walking out through the area, and God said, Abraham, look up. And Abraham looked up, and he said, Lord, and God said, how many stars are up there? Now, I'm telling you what my teacher said. And Abraham said, Lord, I don't know how many stars are up there. He said, so shall thy seed be. Amen. And then he came out one morning and said, Abraham, I want you to take a stroll with me. And they went down by the seashore, and said, "He said, uh, Abraham, how many grains of sand are here?" And Abraham said, "I don't know." He said, "So shall thy seed be." Amen. And so we are of the heavenly seed, the spiritual uh, children of Abraham. And and Galatians three twenty nine. And if ye be Christ. Then are ye Abraham's seed, and heirs according to the promise. Now, God binds himself in Christ to bless his people for all the promises of God in him, or yea, and in him, amen, under the glory of God by us. When God sent Jesus into the world, he certified by this act all his promises that he had been making. So I say unto you, ladies and gentlemen, we can trust every promise that God has made us because he certified it by sending Jesus into the world. Now, quickly, number two, that the heirs might not only know and you're an heir, You're an heir, a joint heir with Christ, amen. Not only know the dependability of God, but that we can know the infallibility of God. Now, there is a man on earth right now who claims to be infallible. He's fallible like all men are fallible. Every one of us are fallible. There has been one infallible person walking upon the face of the earth. And that person is Jesus Christ, our Lord, okay? Now, God's word can fail no more than he can fail. If God and his word are true, so that's why we can believe it. That's why we get excited when it's preached. We take that as God's message unto us. Immutability, listen to this. Immutability. That means there is no realm or relationship where God can undergo change. God can save the vilest, wretched sinner who ever lived and not change at all. Amen. Jesus could touch the leper, but no leprosy contacted him. Amen. He is infallible. If God could undergo change, how can you and I have assurance? How can we know we're saved if God could change, but he cannot change? Now, listen to this. He cannot make himself less than he is because he said, I am God. He cannot make himself more than he is because he said, I am. Let me say this, and I'll I'll conclude. There's no way that God can be made any better, any higher, any greater, any stronger, any purer, any truer, any kinder, any holier, any lovelier, any wiser. He just cannot be changed. You can't take anything away from him, nor can you add anything to him. What he is, he always has been. And what he is, he always will be. There never was a time when he has not been. There will never be a time when he will not be. He never differs, he never deteriorates, he never dies, and he never develops. It is impossible for God to be anything else than what he is.